want me where I put it. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Be careful what you wish for, cause you just might get it. Ooh, I'm Tom. Me, Travis. Me, touch legs. Cody's calling in from Hawaii. I'm also touching my legs here in sunny Hawaii. <laughs> Hello. And we also have... Hi. Hi, I'm Mike. Standard Mike. Kip flip, <laughs> the kickflip kid. Flip and kid. also we have special guests with us tonight, my sister, Emily Saltman. Hello, Hell it's yeah. a friends and family night, isn't it? Yeah, there sure is. It's so cool how tight-knit you guys are. I have, like, never had a group of friends, but I tell all of my <laughs> singular friends that you guys are, like, all of my brothers. Like, I have a bunch of brothers, even though, Tommy, you're, like, my legitimate only brother. Yes. So it's cool. <laughs> yes, it's true. I can't contest anything you just said. I don't know how many friends you have, but they uh, they don't talk to each other, no, apparently. Y'all would kick ass for me, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd punch a man in a dick. Thank you. Would you put your woman in the dick for me? Yeah, yeah, I'd knock him right back in there again. <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> yeah, we'll take care. And then I'd say take you're. Care of our own. Then I'd say you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank and then you you'd tip your fedora and then exit stage left. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how's that was a week? Yes. Why don't we start with you, Cody? What's going on, dude? I'm in Hawaii. There's house geckos. Uh, there's sunshine. I hate it. <laughs> You're such a fucking troll. Yeah, there's there's reptiles. Go outside. It's the end of the world. You're one of I them. D- I do go outside when to get air and. Uh, you were breathing. You're not allowed to yeah. smoke in the building. <laughs> there's a garage. I can smoke in the garage. Oh, uh, Okay. Sick. Well, that's you know, there's Cody in uh, under a rock paradise for you. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I feel like I got a lot done this week, but I didn't. So I'll leave it at that. What did you, what did you get done? Uh, you know, I'm dying of suspense. A few a few job things. You know, freelance work. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, sorry. What'd you say? <laughs> you know what I said? You know what I said? Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> the podcast can't all be that. All right. All right. Well, Change it up. Mike, what about you? Uh, I had a fantastic week, and I'm just happy to be here with you guys right now. Wow, that was yeah. a nice prayer you just said. Yeah. Yeah, you I don't believe him. This guy's lying. Get him out. Can we eat the mashed potatoes already? What's yeah, going yeah. on here? Cody, you can't see. We're all holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> Emily? Mm. My week has been pretty great. I feel good now. It took a while to get there, but it's Friday. Cheers to the freaking yeah, weekend. Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so, Travis, I know it's your favorite part of the episode, so why don't we get right to the punch? Who's on the chopping block? <laughs> yeah, fuck my week anyway. How was your week? How was it? Uh, it been... Oh, that's okay. That's it? Just okay? That's all right. Oh, anything? Uh, I can't drink at work anymore. Yikes. Someone threw up or something, and now no one can drink. Ah, <sighs> oh, that's the worst. Oh. Fucking idiot. They should have just fired that person. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Fired. Just let him die in his own puke and let us continue, right? Yeah, roll him Travis, into when street. you and I worked together, we didn't puke at all on the clock. 
No, I did shotguns in the office. (laughs) (laughs) But you didn't puke, which is the key part. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for not spoiling that for me. All right. Ask me the question. All right. Careful what you wish for. Who's on the chopping block tonight? (laughs) Tonight, we are roasting a feminist. Bam, bam, bam. Dude. Is this allowed? 2019. What are you doing to us? We're not roasting any old feminists. We're roasting the woman who shot Andy Warhol, Valerie Solanas. Valerie Solanas. Yeah. Oh! She's a lot of fun. I did a little looking into that. The only, like, real insight I've had into that is a reenactment done on American Horror Story Season 7. Lena Dunham plays her, so that says enough. Oh. I know, right? Okay, so I was gonna mention this. I oh, did I'm like so sorry. I did like weeks no, I did like like weeks of research on her. And then just two days ago, I was like YouTubing her and it was like all this Lee and Dunham or whatever the fuck her name is. And I was like, God damn it, American Horror Story did it fuck! No, I guess I guess she was a good choice for her, so let's get into it. Yeah, and right. Away. Well, I mean, <laughs> It's like having Daughtry play the guy from Disturbed. You know, it's like, it's like similar. That. Just that works for me. naturally overlaps. So not only did she shoot some overrated albino hack, but she penned the Scum Manifesto, one of radical feminists' most important books. And I'm not saying general feminism, like the random, like, Al-Qaeda versions of feminism. Extreme feminism. <laughs> Extremism. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. with any type of group, you always have extremes, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll get into the Scum Manifesto uh, in a bit. And I thought, yeah. I thought because we're doing a topic on a feminist, you know, if it was just the roast mortem crew, it would be a bunch of dudes jerking off and being like, "Rah, feminism!" I'm not gonna like. I don't. Yeah, we, we jerk off during the episodes. Thanks for outing that, Travis. Yeah, right, Cody. Like, what, what Travis? What do you think? Like, I jerk you, off. You get off on hate. Yeah, it's our job to hate. <laughs> I don't get off on it. <laughs> so I wanted to bring in a female perspective. So thank you for being on the show. Hell yeah. And I want you, oh, oh. Yeah. No, I want I want you to call out any misogynistic bullshit that I might say. I got some points. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say this. Uh, Valerie later in her life suffered from schizophrenia and I'm not trying to make fun of mental illness on the show. Uh, but, you know, I think she knew what she was doing in the beginning of her career. It just, uh, you know, uh, I think... She's a creative. Yeah, she is a creative. Which is the first problem. Right. Because those people are awful. Right. They suck. (laughs) That's not a sexist thing. They're all awful. I I actually think that a lot of the people surrounding Valerie might be the real assholes of the story. So at the end of the episode, I'm going to say who... Let me ask you guys who the real cunt was. You know what I mean? You think she was manipulated by someone else? No, but, you know, she was an asshole and everyone around her was an asshole. Assholes react, man. You eat that right? Assholes uh, flock together. Mm -hmm. Spicy sauce, man. If everyone in the same room eats that same spicy sauce, the assholes are going to be riled up, you know? Yep. So what you're saying is everybody eats ass. Mm. <sighs> well, 19, baby. Sorry, is it too soon in the episode to make <laughs> an ass new joke? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just a generational thing that we... Uh, oh, I don't yes. understand because I'm a few years older, Travis, same same age, Cody, same age. We would call it dining on, on booty. 
Toss the oh, salad. Toss yes. the salad. Okay. I thought toss so this the salad is was in this is, I guess, like a fourth wave feminism thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anus tartar. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, my bad. <laughs> anus on the rocks. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. So Valerie Jean Solanus was born April 9th, nineteen. 19- 36 in Venter City, New Jersey. That's from the Dirty Jersey. Oh. Dirty Jersey. <laughs> Depression child. Yeah, yeah, Depression child. Venter, Venter City, New Jersey is actually right next to Atlantic City. It's kind of like the shitty conjoined twin of Atlantic City. That no one talks about. Yeah, it's like where all the casino work- workers and loose ladies live, and then they go venture up. Uh, it's like the suburbs. Gotcha. Kind of. This is like a dirtier <laughs> suburb. How far away is it from the Jersey Shore is the question. It's on the Jersey Shore. It's right there. Ooh. And just letting everyone know, back at that time, uh, Atlantic City was popping. This is before Mohegan Sun came in and started scalping <laughs> oh people in Connecticut. <laughs> oh, my Mohegan Sun. So my Mohegan boy, uh, I birthed him, and then Atlantic City was over. <laughs> yeah, you ruined the party permanently. Yeah. So both of Valerie's pa- parents were first-generation American. Her father, Lewis's family came from Catalonia, and he worked as a bartender in Atlantic City. Her mother, Dorothy, came from Italy and made all the spaghetti for the family. All right. And, yeah, a little... B- oh, no. Pa, pa, pa. <laughs> <laughs> and Valerie yep. also had a younger sister named Judith, who will come into the story a little later. When Valerie was four, her parents split up, and Dorothy and Lewis were living that fast, loose life down in the bars, the clubs of Atlantic City. So they sent the girls over to their maternal grandmother, who could cook way better spaghetti than Dorothy. Yeah, she's Stragonona. Yeah. yeah. That's the one. Yeah, Nona, that, that is grandma in Italian, correct? Oh, shit. Thought it was Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So Valerie uh, described her youth as uh, pretty good. She spent the summer surfing, going to dancings, uh, getting, oh, yeah. getting crushes on the high school boys. But if we take a little closer look, it was actually kind of dark. Uh, very socially awkward girl, disturbed, violent. But she just described it as, you know, it was nice. She said it was all cool. Yeah. But but when you dig into her friends and family, oh, yeah, you see in something not so good. Valerie was a very smart kid, quick-witted, did great in school when she applied herself. But she loved to fight, and she would pick on the boys. This sounds like my own bio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was. She was. She was quick to fight people. She would start shit, uh, and she reveled in in violence. Actually, her grandfather once scolded her and took off his belt for the whipping. And remember, oh, this old is, school shit. Yeah, remember this is 1940s when you, whipping a child would be featured on an Oprah special, right? <laughs> because <laughs> it was just accepted. How to get your child to chill with it. Valerie actually took the lashings and laughed through the whole ordeal. So something's already Ooh. up with this chick. Sadomasochist. Yeah, but did he do it again? Probably not. Yeah. Oh, so she won. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> That's how you win. She's just smart. <laughs> <laughs> she also started having sex at the age of 13. Oh no, she's not smart. <laughs> yeah. And around that time, she assaulted one of her teachers and ran away from school and hitchhiked to her aunt's house in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, that's pretty far. That's, yeah, that's uh, pretty impressive that's for a 13-year-old. She's like a rebel or something like that. 
I don't know if I put the qualifier or something like that at the end of that. She is a rebel. <laughs> yeah. She had no problem shop, shoplifting, which was a skill that continued throughout her life. Has anyone else shoplifted here? No judge. Uh, didn't I have not? No. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what did you steal? Times. I was at Warp Tour. Oh shit! There's a start, and I wanted to get these sunglasses, but because it's like super sunny at Warp Tour, and there was no one there, so I was like, I'm not waiting. I need. These now. That's not shoplifting. That's protecting your eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's surviving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Thank you. That's stealing the loaf of bread to feed your eyes. <laughs> oh my god, I'm Jean Valjean. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> okay, Hungry I feel better now. Eyes. <laughs> you, steal, you steal skateboard wheels once? Yeah, me and my friends would go to Zoomies and like steal the hardware and stuff like that. <laughs> I've done that. They never I, had cameras in those places. I stole a really nice pair of orange venture trucks one time. Ooh. Awesome. And then someone stole oh, them from me. Karma. Yeah. yeah those I like deserved it. The least discreet oh. thing to steal. If anyone sees you. They- <laughs> you should have seen the pants I was wearing back then. <laughs> I did. I'm your sister. Oh, yeah. You remember the pants I was I wearing back then? <laughs> I just remembered when I was little, I, sh- I accidentally shoplifted a Popeye VHS. Not, not, not the Robin Williams one, just a regular Popeye cartoon VHS. Of course. Accidentally. Yeah, Where did you know, put uh, it? Taking stuff out of the store is bad. Oh, okay. Can you guess what I stole once? I only shoplifted one time. It was probably a magazine. Shrimp? Yeah, it was a uh, magazine. Do you oh, know what was in the magazine? Sexy Body ladies? B- yeah, titties! <laughs> <laughs> titties! I stole some titty mags once. I, I felt like a rebel, and then I got a tear tattooed next to my eye. And then promptly removed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's still there. It's just, uh, I have some folds in my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. On a slightly darker note, and I wanted to set this up for the show because, you know, when we go into her philosophies and everything, there's an origin to why she might be a radical feminist. So Valerie Mm -hmm. was sexually abused when she was little, and it could have been one of two men, either her own father or her stepfather, Red. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is really fucked up and gross. Well, his name's Red, so it was definitely him. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> actually, from my research, it seems like it was the step- stepfather, because even though Lewis, her father, was a raging alcoholic, most people knew him as like a good father, and Valerie stayed in constant contact, letter contact with her, him throughout her life, her fucked up life. And he would send her money, and like the tone was always endearing, because I read a lot of letters from them and everything. Okay. okay. Uh... But this red guy, uh, not a racist thing. No, he was he was a, yeah, he was a piano tuning. That was his job was a piano tuner. Oh, that's sicko. And his him him marrying Valerie's mother was the first time he'd been married. So like one of those creepy like I'm string oh. piano wires. Oh, oh yeah, I'm disturbed for her. Right, and she would actually run away from the house and. During this time, actually, she had her first underage pregnancy and questionably could have been him. Which is kind uh, of wait, gross. first underage pregnancy? Yes. So uh, she was knocked up at the age of 14. This poor girl. That yeah. Sucks. I know. This is a tragic, tragic start to a life, for sure. Hmm. But trauma never justifies any act. Exactly. That's a result of it. Exactly. Maybe there, shoplifting. Yeah, shoplifting, we're down for it. <laughs> Fuck the system. <laughs> Take it. A so, retail therapy. So, yeah. 
just a little insight into how uh, underage pregnancy worked in the 40s and 50s. <laughs> okay. How did that work? How did it work? Yeah. Did, well, it, did it start with a 40s or 50s penis or vagina? <laughs> <laughs> that was the first step. The penis goes in the vajiggy. I thought it was a stork back then. No, basically a or girl. The cabbage patch. Yeah, yeah. A girl would an underage if an underage girl became pregnant, their parents would usually send them away to a school, a boarding school for two years, and they would just disappear. Yeah. I'm assuming Catholic or probably, but usually this school was a school for underage pregnant girls. So it was like a oh. whole bunch of underage pregnant girls. They'd be there for like two years until they had the kid, uh, and like could raise it a little bit oh okay okay mm-hmm. definitely no religion t- i thought it was like a religious thing oh it could be no it could be could okay, be well. yeah i mean i think it was whatever it was it was just they were all pregnant mm-hmm. so <laughs> she gave birth to a kid she did give birth i thought they do like abortions back then too like was, no see, that was the thing back then that was a know? roe v wade that was like 60 something 68 60 69 well, that was the wild year it was 71 i think 71? I think... Was it? Either way, either way, we're talking about the 40s and 50s. Now. Yeah. So, uh, there, abortions are not so hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There were abortions, but thanks to feminist movements, it, it, you know, back then, they were all under the table and, like, Yeah, were they, like, sketchy, right? I'm sketchy sorry, how shit. old was she again? Uh, when she had her kid? Yes. 14. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So, she had this kid, and um, her mother actually raised the... Her daughter thinking that the mother was the mother. So, so the grandma raised the kid under the impression that that was her mother. Yes. yes. Okay. Oh, but it was yes. actually Valerie's daughter. And really? was Valerie in the kid's life being like, I'm your sister? Yes. Oh. oh. Yeah. Oh. That's so Which weird. was very weird. And she <laughs> didn't know so until weird. way late in her life that. Valerie was actually her mother. If you didn't know that, Jack Nicholson was raised that way. Really? Yeah. That's such a mind fuck when you find out. Yeah, oh and he... God. Look at that guy. Look at those yeah. eyebrows. Yeah. Look at the, the amount of coke that's went up his Jeez. nose. Because he could have birthed several children. <laughs> yeah, but that contributed to his success. Yeah, right. In a way. Yeah. In a way. In, in a way. way. Gotta turn those weaknesses into strengths. Shortly mm-hmm. after returning from boarding school at the age of 15, Valerie gets in a relationship with a sailor that's stationed near Atlantic City. The sailor was married with three kids. So, oh. this guy's gross. This is bad. Dating a 15-year-old. Dating a 15-year-old. She gets knocked up again. This mm. time, the child is raised by their neighbors who wanted to <laughs> a, adopt a child to begin with. In exchange for the baby, the neighbors offered to pay Valerie's college tuition. Okay. Trade the baby. Sick. This is the only woman so Fuck far. Fuck yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> There's like no question there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah also... For that for that time, it worked because college was reasonably priced. Look, uh, yeah, fifty four dollars. It's yeah. so badass. If, she, if you if you can get that today, dude, right? no, but her her like maternal need like is not as much, and that is so badass to be like, yeah, I had the kid, yeah, I did it, but you can have it. Yeah, you can take it. Well, just, just make to, me smart. I, I looked up how much her college tuition was. It was under a hundred dollars. Oh, for the entire year. <laughs> even for back then. This is nineteen fifty-one now. Uh, yeah, nineteen fifties. Okay, so we're looking at eight hundred and fifty dollars now. Yeah, about that. Baby for sale. Yeah, baby for sale. I've been getting really good at this money exchange thing with this. You, it's freaky how good you are at this. Yeah, dude, you I, really are. 
Well, it's all the Rose Mortem stuff. So Valerie went to the University of Maryland College Park in 1954. She majored in psychology. She did exceptionally well. Mm. Uh, besides her kind of awkward social interactions, she kind of put her head down, worked in school. She, you know, even though college tuition was under a hundred dollars, she took up a spare job at the psychology department, animal laboratory. Oh, oh. cool! Yeah. What was she doing there? Just telling monkeys that she had two kids? <laughs> Yo, I got two kids, dog. <laughs> I know. I feel your pain. Here's a banana. Well, she was actually studying uh, something called traumatic avoidance learning in rats and dogs, uh, testing heavily on hormonal behavior interactions and hormonal genetics, or behavioral genetics. Can you unpack that for a minute? Yeah. It's basically the, the study of different sexes. I, Yeah. <laughs> like, what's your hormones doing? What do you think about this? You're a rat. Tell me your story. What do your private parts want to do? During this time, she started to formulate her ideas about women superior or female superiority that would become part of her general ideology. Hell yeah. Do in you the see the females of nature and how some of them are so musty crusty compared to like the males <laughs> like what the fuck and then you get to the human species and i mean it's a personal opinion but goddesses every single one of us amazing did you ever see a female hyena yeah no. they got dicks wait they female hyenas have dicks dick. really yeah what? yep that's yeah. pretty neat yeah they're like labias or like basically just bungee cords <laughs> Yeah, of locked penises. Oh. And they're just hanging out, dude. That's, That's how cool. you roll with them, though. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> That's cool. That's what you do with a mock penis. You just let it out. I, I think I have, like, mock penises, too, because my testicles, just they, they hang so low, <laughs> you can't tell which one's the shaft and which one is actually the shaft. <laughs> oh, it just looks like wow. uh, th three small socks with grapes in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get that, too? You get that, too? That's, that's about it. Uh, yes. But, so, but, I'm sorry, but the females are often the larger, like, more yeah. Or, but yeah. in the primate genus in general, the men are like, the what's men. up? What's up, dude? We're all China, the wrestler. You know, what's up, dude? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Point taken. I mean, look at look at baboons. <laughs> Hot. Mm -hmm. Just look at them. Look at those <laughs> red butts. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious, Mike. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the animal kingdom's jokesters. <laughs> the red butt baboon. <laughs> So Valerie believed that believed and preached that men were genetically inferior to women. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna do a little bit of a, you know, some some biology lesson right here. Okay, Papa Travis is gonna yeah, teach you something it. something about it. the birds and the bees. You know what I'm saying? This is for all the people going to school for biology right now. Well, now you should just uh, you have, if you have kids at home, bring them into the room, and I will teach them about the birds and the bees. Yeah, put the headphones on them. And uh, we'll see where it goes. So after Daddy B gets his throbbing, veiny stinger, and he <laughs> inserts it into Mama Bird and busts that hot, milky load in there, around a billion wiggly assholes come blasting out into her cervix and race towards Mama Bird's egg. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. you see, human caviar always carries the female gene X. Like, you, you yep. get, you're going to give it to X. These sperms are trying to get and give it to X. Right. Is so that it, what that lyric means? Yeah, it's yeah. not X going to give it to you. Yeah. It's you're going to be giving it some X. Some X, yeah. Uh, which Valerie calls the complete gene. But 
each of these wiggly little idiots racing towards that egg either carries an X or a Y gene. Mm-hmm. If the sperm with the X gene gets to the egg first, you have two X's. That means that person's going to have titties, like milk titties and like fucking hot. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do. I follow. But if it's got a Y and it gets there first, it's an XY person and then they're going to be popping out a penis. You yeah, know and I'm saying? like, why do you exist? <laughs> I have a better perspective now, Travis. You understand, Mike? Yeah, I understand. Now. All right, cool. You get you get it? That throbbing bee stinger? Yeah. Did, did you <laughs> know like, X genes are physically heavier? than Y genes just by a little bit because X genes are bigger like by size. So if you really, really want to like choose the gender of your baby, you can just put your sperm in a centrifuge and like when it spins, the X's go to the outside because they're heavier and the Y's go on top because they're lighter and then you can actually like use a dropper to pick. Yeah, that's because the X's have titties on them. I thought if you wanted a boy, you just did doggy style. <laughs> uh, I think that works too, actually. Yeah, that absolutely works. So, why saw uh, Valerie saw the Y gene as incomplete because it's missing that little ch- tendril. Mm, yeah, therefore, it is smaller. That, therefore, she believed that men were biologically inferior to women. In her mm-hmm. words, the male is an incomplete female, a walking abortion, aborted Fuck. at Holy the gene shit. stage. <laughs> Damn. I've always, always yeah, heard this train of abortion. thought. I guess she's like the genesis of it. Just because she had a not-so-gentleman named Red in her life who fucked it up and a sailor, and we don't shop as much, we're all inferior? Yeah, but What the, is that about? This is like Are eugenics. Are there any gentlemen named Red? Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is it a, is a eugenics. Because she's trying to like use science and say, like, I saw it. Yeah. It's fucking true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was my, I was me getting rid of an extra chromosome. <laughs> That's not any. It doesn't work like that. You can't be unretarded like, with a bird, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so you can see Valerie's harboring some pretty radical ideas, and she was living a very radical life. You know, instead of having the skirt and sweater look that most girls had, she rocked jeans, casual shoes, like maybe a plaid shirt. Maybe a sick Japan air every now and then. Yeah, sick Japan <laughs> air. She walked around with a chip on her shoulder. Yeah, she had been through a lot of things, but she felt that the cards are were stacked against her. All of them. Mm. All these cards. You know what? All she 52. heard a lot. What? You're not like most girls. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, guys, that pickup line doesn't work. You're not like the not others. not nowadays. I've met all she of them. She ruined it for everyone. <laughs> it, it doesn't even. It never worked. Well, maybe it did. Maybe it did with most girls. But if you actually weren't like them, then it wouldn't work. You can't be honest to women when you're talking to them. <laughs> yeah, you just. <laughs> all right, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> So if you were friends with Valerie, you definitely did not want to lend her any money because she was one of those friends that never contributed to the bill, asked for money with no intention of paying it back or like Mm. any favor or anything like that. Mm. You know, she was just give, give, give. Mm, Take and take it. Careful what you wish for. (laughs) She also was, uh, like I said, constantly expecting people to foot the bill for her. And would actually was a king, a queen at bumming <gasps> cigarettes. Fuck yeah! Damn it! <laughs> we all have that friend. Bumming yeah, queen. exactly. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know so many people who have a cigarette habit, but do not. 
ever paid for them. Yeah, ever buy them. If there was a system in place in which you can give someone a cigarette and then you get a hundred cigarette back. You know, you get the longer one. Oh, with yeah. interest. With oh, you, interest. Yeah, some APR. Yeah. yeah. Or APY, yeah. Wow, this is a good idea. Someone out here who's listening to this podcast, patent this idea. I'm going to give it to you. It's an app like Venmo. And you only <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. want 100 cigarettes in cigarettes. return. Yeah, well, no, for every every cigarette, you get you get a cigarette with interest back. Yeah, and it keeps track of it. And, and every time you ask for a cigarette... You get to exchange your your uh what what, what sigstagram call it that and you have to <laughs> exchange go. info and you can see their exchange rate if they don't give them back they don't pay for them I'm not, I'm not doing it you're a yeah, bum and you're a bum stars. why do you have a, why do you have an iPhone you're a bum yeah. go buy a cigarette zero stars great conversation yeah. <laughs> I liked what you did Tom you said like you can have a cigarette but tell me a story. Oh, oh, that yeah, is the best. Oh, that is great. Okay. Oh yeah, I used to do that all the time. Cool. When we would go out in Brooklyn and shit and be a bunch of assholes, yeah. I get hammered and I'd throw cigarettes, but I'd be like, "Give me this story." Yeah. I'd, I'd tell people, "Give me stories," and I got some good stories. And then I told people stop talking at certain points too, because they would try to tell a story. I'd be like, "You're, you're stupid. Get Just out. Take the cigarette. Give me the cigarette when give you want the them to story. stop talking." Yeah. Give me the rights to reproduce it. All right. Valerie was also a very spiteful bitch. One time. Valerie's roommate offended her. I don't know exactly what the offense was. So later that night, she pissed in her orange juice and put it back in the fridge. Ooh, Ooh, poopy! Oh, my minute made! (laughs) Tastes like Sunny D. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you like brush your teeth and then drink orange juice and you're just like... Not right, something's not right here. Valerie... I know it's supposed to be bad. Valerie identified as a lesbian, although she had a few boyfriends during college... Uh, she was very outspoken contributor in the newspaper, the Diamondback, her local newspaper. Uh, mm. She attacked sexis- sexism in the 50s higher education, fought back about the notion of women attending college to just find a husband, which apparently was a thing back Hell then. Yeah. Mm. Um, so some might say she was smashing the patriarchy. Yeah. But Valerie never really used that term. You know, she was just doing her thing. All right. She actually responded to a preppy jock boy by writing a letter back to him in blood. Wow. <laughs> I love her. Blood? Yeah. What kind of blood? <laughs> menstrual. <laughs> Has the word men in it. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that's more menstrual. <laughs> yeah. She found other ways of supporting herself. She got a job at a sleazy cocktail bar and started to prostitute herself. In the words of her boyfriend, and I'm not making this name up, Dick Spottiswood. Whenever possible, she would get her tricks drunk and roll them. What? And rolling okay. them means, like, after they were drunk and she'd fuck them, she'd steal their money out of their pockets. Cardi B. Yeah. Is that what Cardi B do? Money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which stands for Cardiferous Beeman. <laughs> She actually briefly married a Greek classmate for money in order for him to get his citizenship. Spiro! Yeah, and they quickly (laughs) split up. Okay, so... I wonder why. She eventually graduates, gets her degree in uh, psychology, and then gets accepted in the University of Minnesota for her master's in evolutionary and biological psychology. So far, it seems that this woman for the 50s is doing a really good job to defy the odds and prove... To men that fuck yeah, I can get the same education. Yeah, She's doing really well. Absolutely. Right? And then a year into her master, she says, "I got bored and just drops out." Same thing oh. happened to me. 
Yeah, and your masters. <laughs> yeah, what masters were you going there for, Mike? Oh. Well, she was in Minnesota. Yeah, uh, uh, I've well, been there. Oh, all right. And you Don't know what? Me. Actually, can I speak on this for a yeah. little bit? Mm-hmm. I went to Minnesota. I I have gone out in New York City countless times, and I have had a blast. I've been fucking drunk and not caring where I am in Minnesota. I was very conscious, and I got groped so many times. I like cannot express Whoa. how many times that I was felt up unsolicited, and it was it was terrifying. And I like couldn't believe a lot of the like responses that I got when I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, all those Swedish. Uh, oh, how you doing, eh? What? No, it it was it was <laughs> so insane. That's and, nuts. And, and like, I can't believe that my friend endures this all the time that I was visiting. I was like, "Is this your life?" And she's like, "Yeah." Like, what do you mean? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that is really Minnesota, nuts. dudes. Get your shit together. And people knew yeah, I wasn't fuck? from there. They were like. <laughs> well, she doesn't talk like she's had a baby stroke. Look at this here exotic New Yorker. <laughs> Ultimately, I feel you, Valerie. All right. I'm bored too. <laughs> hey, look. You know, you say, like, you know, whatever, she's doing her own thing. You know, that's feminism or whatever. Like, but I don't think that it's necessarily a good role model because, like, my both of my, gra- my grandmother and her twin sister, seven years older than Valerie. Both of them got their masters in the 50s, one in medicine, one in chemistry. Mm. My grandmother was on the team that invented Valium and was doing animal nice. testing. Love her. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> she was doing animal testing, the same thing that Valerie did. So, like, both of them were successful and, like, worked their degrees in science. And Valerie's just like, nah, whatever. I'm just going to complain she got and bored. bum off things. I got bored. Wait, hold on. Mike brings up a great point. She got bored. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me too sometimes. Boredom knows no sex. All right. <laughs> so Valerie hitchhiked around America. Uh, she lived with a couple of men in various towns. Uh, she took some classes at Berkeley in California, then ended up looping back around to Jersey. And there she attended graduate school again. Uh, Speaking but- of Jersey, real quick, yeah. uh, we did listen to some audio of her talking. And, uh, man, like, just throw the jersey on there. You know, like, I can't do it because I'm not a woman, but here I am doing something. Yeah, take out the garbage. Now imagine a woman counterpart to this right here. You understand? You understand what we're talking about? This is a woman who talks like this. She's got a thick She's got an attitude. She knows what's up. She's got chutz, you know? Wow. But on the weekends during graduate school, she would take the train... To the play, the most delusional place in the country where revolutionaries end up, New York City, especially oh. Greenwich Village. Oh, oh Greenwich! Oh, where the weenies become soft. Yeah. Oh no, they're so hard. They're so so hard. Oh. <laughs> they're hard for each other, but they're soft for themselves. Well, yeah. Right now, Greenwich Village, you just find would find a whole bunch of useless designers and rent that only cr- trust funds can afford. But back mm-hmm. in Greenwich Village in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, that was uh, the artsy young. It was an rough. epicenter. Va- Valerie actually called Greenwich Village the center of a new universe. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's too much. Good times. It's a new one. <laughs> so she said, fuck graduate school in Jersey. I'm going to move to Greenwich to become a writer. 
Uh, yes! I'm sorry. Is she suggesting that a big bang happened there as well? Oh. It came late, but <laughs> so did I. <laughs> so she was blown away by the gay scene there, especially men, gay men, open, openly gay men, lesbians, drag queens, off-Broadway shows, you know. All the token things of a drama kid. I'm cool with everything there except those off-Broadway yeah, shows. Yeah, fuck off-Broadway shows. What is shows. going on? Go get some fucking pants on and get a job. <laughs> uh, so she moves into the Hotel Earl <laughs> and starts working part-time as a coffee in a coffee house. Which would pay your rent back then. Uh, yes, it would. <laughs> I hate this. Especially yeah, if you lived so in a much. hotel. Every like, time we talk about this time period, I want to murder myself. Right? Yeah. Also, I've, I've done so much things, and I live in the basement. <laughs> also, like, who lives in a hotel? Like, it's that just because, doesn't happen anymore. No, that used to be pretty normal back then. Uh, yeah. Tesla did. Tom, it's because yeah. you've done so many things. No, I've done so much things. All right? There's a difference. I'm, I'm coming in where Valerie's coming in. Because right now, I sympathize with her. At this point in the story, you're traveling around. You dealt with extreme things. You made life decisions. But overall, I ain't got no shit on Val. Yeah. Seems like a cool lady so far. Maybe, maybe except for maybe some of her uh, slightly uh, uh, eugenics-based thoughts. That's, that's just a difference of opinion. I could walk around right. there. We can still hang out. Well, let's get into it. We get are. So now she's, so now she's in a place where being a bum is accepted. She became a pro-cigarette bummer. Nice. Uh, she would convince people to buy her quick meals. And uh, buy, she would actually have, have people buy conversations with her. She's a very fast talker. Wow. And also some cookies every once in a while. Yeah, she's a squishy dog. Mm. <laughs> yeah, squishy, squishy <laughs> lady. Uh, eventually she got kicked out of the Earl for missing rent, and she ends up in room 606 in the Chelsea Hotel, the same mm. famous hotel that Sid Vicious yeah, he, he, uh, got he, dead. No, he didn't die there. He killed Nancy Spungen, right. supposedly. Go back and listen to the Nancy Spungen, Sid Vicious episode. And a lot of people lived there at the time. That yeah. was like a, a, a rock and roll hub. Uh, a bunch of the New York Dolls guys were there. Bob Dylan. Yeah, Bob Dylan hung out there. Uh, it was something else. The Ramones, they all lived there. It was rock and roll history. And if, if I was like 10 years older, I would be into it. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> So once at the Chelsea, her panhandling and whoring picked up again. Happens in Chelsea. Yes. You know, she is at the Chelsea because Valerie is a artist, a writer. True. You know, where all the all the creatives go to the Chelsea Hotel. Mm. Where they smoke cigarettes and do something at night. Yes. And touch each other's bushes. Give me a muffin. Cody, That's- you just fall off a goddamn chair? No, what? what's going on? I heard some scrumbling rumbling. Sound like Hawaiian mischief. No, no earthquakes here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know what a muffin is, Tom? Like a real muffin? No, it's when you smoke a cigarette through pubis. <laughs> it's a muffin. That's not real. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> That's not real. It's invented at the Chelsea Hotel. Oh, okay. So back to the to the muffin yeah. top Chelsea Hotel. So she, as a as an as an artistic writer, she was working a play called Up Your Ass. Oh. Which she finished in 1965. It actually had three titles. It was called Up Your Ass, or From the Cradle to the Boat, or The Big Suck, or Up From Slime. Four titles. Yeah. (laughs) Four titles. Obviously, the play didn't have much direction if she couldn't name it. Yeah, well, she was basically like, I just want to sell it, so I'm just going to have a whole bunch of names. Oh. Up Your Ass is She's doing a Stephen King. Yeah. Wait, is it sexist? 
No, it's sexiest. Oh, sexiest. I was going to say, it doesn't sound sexist to me because anyone has anus. Except 10,000 people a year born without an anus. Really? Is that a thing? It's not on the internet. <laughs> so it totally is a thing. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be real. Anus doctors Side hate anus. these people. <laughs> <laughs> no anus? Try this one weird trick. <laughs> So this was a uh, raunchy, gender-bending play about a panhandler named Bongo Perez, a lesbian hustler. It was just basically a whole bunch of reactionary shit. And apparently uh, it was so filthy that, you know, people either were disgusted by it. And if they got past the whole being disgusted by it, they're like, this is just actually written like trash. So it was like, it was just supposed, it was shocking to be shocking, kind of, but it was poorly Mm -hmm. written. Okay, Valerie, well, you did go to school for psychology and biology, so I don't know why you'd be writing plays. Do something else with your time. Coffee, that's a type of biology. Yeah, this coffee. Bean. coffee. A bean yeah. happens. She loves beans. Big on beans. Flicking beans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Air horn again? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to Valerie's... Tour de France, as oh, say in She hits up France? No, like tour, tour de France dance. What do they say in France? <laughs> so she doesn't go to France? No, the the <laughs> she the best work she did. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Where? whatever, Cody, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is the Scum Manifesto, uh, and this piece of shit is what radical feminists today call their Bible. It's basically a sacred text for angry, non-binary, sex-working women. Does it really have a following? It it still does have a following today. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I actually was looking at a lot of tumblers about it. Oh, that's where you'd find it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they don't allow pornography on it on there anymore, so... Their numbers are in the toilet because of that, dude. Yeah, really? Real, yeah. yeah. That's like my only source for porn. <laughs> That's well, it. Great porn there. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. No more, no more. No more. So uh, this book, and I say book lightly because it's more like a thick pamphlet, because I, I bought it and I read it, and I shouldn't wow. have bought it because it was for free online. And you're also a man, so you're probably like one of ten dudes who have bought it. Yeah, no, the bu- the, the the cover art is a box cutter. Ooh. And it says the Scum Manifesto. Great. Is it a pop-up book? So what does Scum stand for? Uh, so Scum stands for Society for Cutting Up Men. Couldn't come up with a better There's name for that? There. Yeah, well, you don't count the Fs in acronyms. The second wave of feminism brought a lot of women organizations or um, a lot of groups together. And there was one I was reading up. It said... The Women's International Terrorist Conspiracy from Hell. Oh, witch. Oh yes. Yes, I do know about witch. So they I think also she ignored was, the F there. Yeah, I think Valerie was just trying to be trendy. She was ahead of her time, which yeah, actually formed after Scum. Was it? Yeah. Tell more. Oh, um. we're, we'll get there. We'll get there. We will get there. It's oh. also another group called CLIT, which stands oh, yeah. for Collective Lesbians... International terrorists. Yes. Well, I, I know a, a men empowerment group called Dicks, but it's not an acronym. It's just this, a bunch of dicks. This is <laughs> simple. Okay, so so scum kind of it, it's a, like a poorly written Mein Kampf. Essentially, she claimed Mein Kampf great. 
Mein Kampf was written well. Yeah. There's some very poisonous <laughs> ideas in there, but it's written well. So this is poisonous so ideas written poorly. Yes, yeah, exactly. It had a syntax going. All right, go on. So uh, essentially she claims that men had ru- have ruined the world. They are bi- biologically inferior, incapable of human emotions, and thus should be exterminated either through genocide or castration. Ah. Now this... Is where I disagree. Women. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Women. Nearly 50 minutes in. Women do not want a world without men. Women do not want a menless world. It's not the goal. Women just want men on all fours at all times. Getting pegged. That's it. That's it. Is this still around today? (laughs) Yeah. Can I join it? Would I be able to join? Would they hate me if I joined it? Dude, well, not. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you can, get, like you can get rid of that. Do some hormonal yeah. stuff. Or, yeah. Dude, just no, put no, a no, skirt on. Just, just go the hyena route and claim it's a mock penis. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. You could just uh, identify as a as a woman, which is 2019, if you so choose, and then you can Thinking join the scum it. boys. Yeah, but it's which really... is actually the scum gals. Excuse yeah. me, I put boys after everything. <laughs> yeah, it's for it's for us. It's not for you. I mean, you take Mike on. Have I put okay, a wig on him? gorgeous but mm. I, I can't join <laughs> it's fucked up Sorry. all right uh mike you can actually join i'm gonna skip ahead a little bit to figure out how you can join here so hey. part <laughs> so mike really wants to join scum if you wanted to join scum and you were a, a male you could join the men's auxiliary of scum and uh men in the men's auxiliary were men who were working diligently to eliminate themselves <laughs> Mm. Uh, I love that. <laughs> wow. Uh, for for example, so Kurt if, Cobain would be in. Yeah, Kurt Cobain would be in. So, for example, um, there were a few exceptions to the men, men's auxiliary that were allowed. So, men who killed other men, uh, men who were biological scientists who were working on constructive programs like to me. destroy men. Oh, that's Mike's mo, really. Uh, <laughs> journalists, writers, editors, publishers. Producers all promoting the ideas of scum, and mm-hmm. these these are her words, not my words. Faggots who, by their shimmering, flaming example, encouraged other men to deman themselves, and thereby make themselves relatively inoffensive. Other men, oh, chopping the peen, yeah, and men who consistently gave things away, such as money, things, and services. Okay, so what? So just a bunch of. Effeminate men running around going, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'll get there. I'll get there. This is, uh, man. Don't say that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to think. Like, you know, this would be a field trip for, for like Jordan Peterson or something. You know? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Clean your room. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, how would the human race continue if all there were no males? Because Valerie thought that males were not even fit for a stud service. Uh, because their dicks didn't always perform. <laughs> so hmm. she saw a she foresaw a future of procreation without males, aka test tube babies, what? which wasn't even a thing back then. She was like, oh. "Dude, we're gonna be able to like grow shit in petri dishes." Said, "We don't need you." Yeah, we'll do it. She wants that like what was that Mad Max the uh, Emojin Joe like Emojin <laughs> Jane? He wants yeah. just a bunch of. Bunch of dudes like strapped up all bondage style and just getting jerked off into tubs. No, no, no. 
sorry. You don't. You don't need to force yeah, it. Yeah. Imagine putting an ad out there saying like, "Quick, we need your sperm." <laughs> like, imagine how many responses you get in like. Oh yeah. Half an hour. Hell yeah! I'll give it to you. Send me a picture, please. I've already got a tube. <laughs> send like, nudes. Send, send nudes. But send she, nudes. <laughs> <laughs> but if she's like the the feminist type who who uh you know wants the the more uh, clear-minded person for genetic purposes, because she's she has a uh, work. Right. She's worked with genetics. She's not going to want the guys coming out of the street just be like, "Well, I'm gonna where I put it." <laughs> <laughs> she's going to want the Which guys bucket? who go who who go. What do I get out of this deal? <laughs> right. Are there real test tube babies? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, we, oh. I went to school with two of them. That's fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, I'm friends with one. Yeah, they don't. Cool. They don't talk much. Really? Normal people. They yeah. don't talk much. <laughs> Good guy. Good eggs. But uh, a little quiet. <laughs> I thought that was always like an urban legend, like test tube babies, like babies making yeah, microwaves and shit. No, no, no they're they're real. In vitro. Yeah. Literally means inside glass. Yeah, man. Wow. They get you. So uh, in the book, she breaks down all the reasons for this gender genocide. And I was going to list off all of them, but there, <laughs> there's a lot. It's basically... Gender side. I yeah. Mean, gender I, side. I was going to do it, Cody, if you weren't. Yeah. Was all right. Gender you, side. Thank you. I'll start listing it. Make so, it fun. Yeah, there, there, there's there's literally like twenty things that she all she rattles off, you know, uh, that men are 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 responsible for, for for domestic motherhood ugliness. Well, I mean, the it coincides with a lot of like the like the advertisements that were put out for for jobs, and a lot of it were gender specific. Like only a man could do this, only a woman could do this. Yeah. It definitely came from there, but she did take it a little far. Yeah, no. A little Look, bit. I, mean, I think some of these things... Like, they totally existed, but yeah. she went like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing a men, can, men can do that women can't do as well is professional sports. And that's like nothing. And it's not that women don't play sports well. It's just... Come on. <laughs> Look at the WNBA. You're going to tell me that's exciting? It's just not. <laughs> Okay, but if you need to put a certain amount of hours into something... But I don't look up to NBA players. I don't think they're the cream of the crop of society. This is nothing to strive to. That's my opinion. What's you know what I mean? Like, gravity or we, don't need, we don't need more people playing basketball. We need people doing smart shit. And women do that. Like Peter Parker. You know Parker. what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. The one thing that I'll, I might say that's contentious, who gives a shit? No, I, li- I like that like, sports are male-dominant because men are more aggressive in my experience so it's just like a there's a huge like tribalism thing that men hold on to for some fucking reason but women like they're more emotionally aware in what i've seen so that's the biggest difference and that's where a lot of this stems from is like women being emotionally conscious and men being like what yeah, like, yo, let me get it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen that internet poll? Like, it's it's a literal would you rather, and option A is would you rather your local WNBA team win championships forever or find $5 on the floor? $5. And finding, yeah, $5 was like 93% of the vote. Yeah. Well, I mean, I you could say that with MBA, and it wouldn't matter to me. I'd be five dollars. Yeah, I sound like an asshole right now, but also look at the numbers. Yeah, sports right. altogether suck to me. All yeah. right, go on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, so like any true city, it she hated the suburbs. She wrote in her manifesto that 
They were places where men could drag the pussy off, they claimed, through marriage to their own personal castle. Man caves. Uh, can you say that again? Have you seen, have you ever played Super Mario Bros? Yeah. Yes. That's it. Well, he's well, he's trying to get it in there. He doesn't. He doesn't get it. Yeah, but Bowser's like, oh well, okay. And the bow. If he was, yeah, everyone's Bowser. I mean, yeah. how? I don't know why everyone's been assuming Bowser's gender. He's a turtle. Yeah, she's a turtle. They's a turtle. No, he's <laughs> a turtle. <laughs> Koopas. But Mario is the nice guy. He's just trying to help out. Yeah, he's just trying to help out. She also hated hippies, mm. which I also hate hippies. Isn't she a hippie? No, she's not really what is, a hippie. What, what is she? She's an artist. She's like, because Andy Warhol's crew, they, uh, you know, we haven't gotten up to Andy Warhol, but we know she shot Andy Warhol. They're not really hippies. They're Spoilers. like, they're artsies. No, they're artists. Yeah, they're Creatives? minimalists. Yeah. Creatives. Uh, yeah, tie-dye is too busy. If you were out <laughs> on the West Coast, you were like a hippie. I know, and in New York. Huh. You ate hot dogs. Ate hot dogs. Yeah. You ate, hot dogs, <laughs> you ate hot dogs and punched rats in the dick. Yeah. Let him have it. So she hated hippies. She saw them as communes for men to remove women from society so they could have a group of pussies to fuck. She's not wrong. Yeah. That's kind of what those communes did. And yeah, uh, but I feel like... What are you going to say? I, I feel like the, the hippie orgies, everyone is like signing up for it. You know what I mean? Like there's no one being dragged into those orgies, I feel. Well, that's that's true. They're not being dragged in, but there's an ideology behind it where they're going back to that, like, Mother Earth bullshit where it's like, I'm the man, I do fuck, and then you're the woman, I make you fuck, and then you have to take care of the children. It's, yeah. it, it, it is the, like, the, it, it is like it, it's a very old school way of thinking that the hippies went back to. Yeah, for sure. Whatever, peace and love is all just a cover-up for just a different bullshit way of living, you know? Right, to wrap some things up about scum, she, in terms of men, she said, Screwing is, for a man, defense against his desire to become a female. Huh. And. I've never thought of that once. I She's not right about that one. Nah, nah. Uh, every time I'm, like, screwing, I'm not like, I wish I was a chick. Yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah. This'll work. This'll keep me. That's why I'm so big. Years. That's why I'm so big. I'm trying to go them titties at it. Suck my own titties. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, he actually just sucked his own titty, ladies and <laughs> <Yep>. gentlemen. <laughs> I missed Bulls it! Up. Fuck! <laughs> uh, so, so part of the this book was a- organizing an actual scum movement. Right? This is a manifesto. You need, you need people to take on the manifesto. So she was calling for all violent bitches yes. given to slamming those who unduly uh, irritate them slamming pussy. in the teeth. Ooh. <laughs> I don't want to join scum anymore. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who'd who'd sink a shiv into a man's chest or ram an ice pick up their asshole oh my God. as soon as look at them. Okay. I can get on to this. <laughs> it's so funny that she chose the word manifesto. Because what's yeah. in there? Man, yeah. right? If. She could. <laughs> Basically, she was looking for, in quotes, uh, females who are cool, relatively cerebral, <laughs> and skirting asexuality. Ah. This is a sexy Tinder bio. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Must be over 5'3". 
So she or- she organized a few meetings, and only a handful of people showed up. I mean, this is like Hitler level shit about exterminating and gender. I'm sure a so- few of the people who showed up were like, "This might be an interesting play," because that's what that whole area was like. Right? Yeah. Ooh. Immersive. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so why am I talking about it, Scum Manifesto so much? Is because it did become a important piece of radical feminism, and I say radical feminism because it's ra- it's radical. There's, you, know, you just can't just hit, kill everyone. Yeah, the only thing that needs to be radical is them Japan airs and sweet pipes, you know, like. <laughs> and, and so feminists at the time during the sixties and seventies, like women in and now, the National Organization of Women. Uh, they thought this shit was crazy. They're like, this is fucking stupid. But nowadays, in the regressive time we live in, you know, feminists uh, on the outskirts of feminism, you know, think of this as, oh, Valerie, she was pushed to the edge of by the patriarchy, and, uh, you know, she was the first woman to openly express her rage in such vulgarity. And all the parts about killing men, that's just satire. Oh, good. Yeah. Can we stop saying outskirts of women? Can we say out pantsuits of women? <laughs> out oh, rompers. Wow. wow. Gendered. I fucking hate it. <laughs> Cody with the wordplay. <laughs> 3,000, 5,000 miles away. We're <laughs> coming in slam dunk. <laughs> so let's because be Because women can't slam dunk. <laughs> oh. Let's be no, clear, there was some wit to Valerie. She was a very witty person. She called men walking dildos, which I think is Hell hilarious. Yeah. Dildo. Yes. <laughs> that is good. Amazing. That is fun. It's fun. It's great, but she did actually want to exterminate exterminate men. That's, That's not fun. Mean. She, she, fun. She's an attempted murderer, which we're going to get into right now. Why did she go oh. for a gay man? I just, What's that? Why'd like, she go after him? No, I know why she... But, like, he's not the problem oh andy but he he is but like it seems like up until now it's been all like kind of sexual related uh-huh and now it's more of like a, a power thing that we're mm-hmm. going to delve well but. yeah so let's talk about her 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 person that she would eventually try to kill andy warhol tom can you talk a little bit about this andy warhol yeah andy warhol if you don't know him he likes soup it's a good starter. But uh, he was the pop art king with uh, a serious rise during the 60s, creating uh, basically a cult-like following to some degree and um, totally blowing away the idea of, of art and what was fine art into commercial art and just crossing those bounds and uh, making the everyday object into pieces of art. If you don't know Andy Warhol for real, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast because this is a really smart podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know just, shit. Just go to the supermarket and get clam chowder. But his his commercial career allowed for a lot of experimenting with other mediums such as mm-hmm. movies and Well, that wasn't really his commercial too. thing. No, he, well, it'll it jump starts and it gives you the accessibility to other resources, so that way you're allowed to experiment. Well, yeah, he made a lot of his money during the '50s working as as a commercial artist, mm-hmm. working for clients, doing. Uh, I think his first job was in Glamour magazine, and then he started doing prints for pretty much anyone who wanted his 
interesting style because he wasn't always just Kansas soup. He was actually a very good fine artist who developed his own style mm-hmm. and uh, lots of album covers. But then he did that soup though, right? He that did, was cool, he did right? The soup. He yeah, did that. Wait, have you ever seen the one with Marilyn Monroe, but she's green and then she's blue? Yes. That's I love sick. It's that <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> Andy Warhol changed the art world as we knew it. And, um, there was a big following, especially, well, he was a New York City boy. So there was a lot of her being in the city and seeing this crossing of the fine arts into the commercial arts area that he, like I said, changed the whole fucking scape of art. And mm-hmm. he made himself accessible and people can go hang out with him. And it was a whole celebrity. He was a he was a rock and roll dude straight up like people wanted to touch his body. All right. But for someone who is not very attractive. No, not at all. Conventionally. Um, go look him up. He's albino. He was very into vanity and he liked like the high fashion industry and he liked beautiful women. And I saw his show at the Whitney Mm -hmm. and it was it was interesting. But there was one ad that he did for nose jobs that was like very offensive and there's someone that I know that like posted a picture and was like, my nose looks like the before picture of this advertisement. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, but it's it's such a weird thing to like see him openly like shame someone for like their appearance, but it's for commission. Like you know, he was oh, yeah. told to do that, but it was just like a really interesting thing that, that, that I thought was included in his show. Yeah, that bit he had done during the fifties when he was working for people, and he 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 himself got a nose job uh, when he was twenty nine years old. And yeah, we'll get more into Andy yeah. Warhol on the following episode to this one because big surprise here, the next episode is Andy Warhol to couple this one up. <gasps> yeah, well, yeah. basically he's like a he's just a catty little swishy boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it in a, in a very masculine term. A catty little swishy boy <laughs> who had fine hair. Uh, like texture-wise. Oh, beautiful fine. Hair. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that when we do Andy Warhol. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry to give too much away. No, it's okay. No. Um, so Valerie knew that there was a, you know, she was looking around to get her play produced. Uh, up your ass one. Hey, I got a play. It's about being up your ass. You want to <laughs> do something about it? You want to come over here? I'll fight you. You got a dick? I'll take it off. <laughs> yeah. So she's walking you- around trying to get get someone's dick to come off and have the play show up. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, who better than Andy Warhol, this weird asexual eccentric guy with a lot of money who likes to push the boundaries. Yeah. You know? So, through a friend, Valerie was, Valerie was able to set up a meeting with Warhol at the factory, and the factory was, like, the place where Andy would take all of his artists and, you know, could create. Yeah, kind of get them to do his work. Yeah, pretty much. He got he got lazy. Yeah, and it was, it was a drug hub. Yes, too. it mm. was a drug hub. And to be, to be fair... Valerie was not a drug addict. You know, no? she showed up at really? she showed up at the at the at the factory, but she wasn't like one of those druggies. Was she a drinker? Nope. She was Nothing. pretty much sober. Let me get a cigarette. Yeah, cigarette. She loved <laughs> cigarettes. Look at my play. It's called Up Your Ass, or it's called something different, or it's called something better than than being up your ass with it. So upon meeting Valerie, Andy actually thought that she was an undercover cop. Because the play was so dirty and so over the top that it almost seemed like someone was trying. You know what I mean? 
Like, yeah. it's predictable to well, a point. Right. Like, you get, like, a little bit into it. Yeah, it's like, oh, like, oh, just, I'm going to write the dirtiest thing I can. <laughs> yeah, it's contrived, which right. apparently we have no more eye for in 2019 because everything is fucking contrived. Right. So, and, uh, so he called her out. He's like, you're a fucking cop, aren't you? So Valerie unzipped her pants, showed him her pussy, and said, sure, I'm a cop. Here's my badge. Oh, my God. <laughs> very funny, Valerie. Yeah, very She's good. funny. She is yeah. a funny lady. So, yeah, really. Um, so the two actually got along really well, and Warhol found her an interesting character. She wasn't the bombshell or the fashionista that most women around the, the factory were, but she entertained him through the conversations, you know. I'm like, I'm going to have my token feminist. That's around. why she was selling them. Great conversations yeah. from yeah. this woman. It's great conversation. Any research that you do, the word that you see over and over again is butch. It's like, she's a butch lesbian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she referred to herself as a dyke. Hey. Yeah, she was like, I'm a dyke. Yeah, I hold the, the water physical up. description. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but Valerie actually loved attention, and she would do anything for publicity for her two works, uh, Up Your Ass and The Scum Manifesto. And she, uh, you know, the factory was almost like a collection of outcasts, but she was an outcast of the outcasts. You know what I mean? Like, she was an outcast at the factory. Oh, okay. So she kind of hung out on the outskirts. She didn't do any drugs, but Andy kept her around just so she could have these, like, cool conversations, you know, right? Um, eventually, Valerie passed off a script of Up Your Ass to Andy Warhol uh, for him to read through in hopes of him turning it into a movie. Because he was shooting these shitty films at the time. Uh, horrible, horrible, horrible films. <laughs> it's like porn, but without the porn. It's just the setup. Soft yeah. Yeah. Porn. yeah. Oh, that, that's so unsatisfying, actually. Yeah. yeah. And remember, this is time before photocopying. So she had hand typed this copy, and Andy had misplaced it. Read it. He, I don't know if he read it. He probably just threw it in the garbage. He smoked that shit. <laughs> um, and this loss would become a point of uh, obsession for Valerie and ultimately lead to this murder attempt. Before we go into that, we're going to talk about her other baby, the Scum Manifesto, which she also fucked up. So this is her third baby? No. <laughs> yes. Yes. The scummiest one. So in 1967, that same year, she uh, she was hanging out at the factory. She responded to an advertisement looking for ambitious authors um, waiting to be discovered. And this ad was posted by a Maurice uh, Garadas. Not a trustworthy name. No. Uh, she, he was of Olympic Press. And Maurice was a known dirtbag in the publishing world. Uh, he had ripped off the profits profits of such books as Lolita and Naked Lunch. Oh, yeah, William S. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, Valley, Valerie wanted to get the Scum Manifesto published, so her and Maurice met. Valerie signed the shitty contract with very vague language. Basically, she got a cash advance of 500 bucks and a few more lump sums to come on the way and royalties. Well, she can go to college five times at that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and after she had done, she had realized that, oh, this guy owns the next two books that I write. Oh. Like, I just signed a really bad thing, and she starts getting really paranoid. She knows how to read. <laughs> Why the fuck did she sign it then? And it was 
a man? Yeah. Oh, dun, dun, dun. <gasps> it's just so Fuck. interesting. It's like, Look, was... I've seen really shitty contracts, and guess what? I'm a man. There's no man club. That's no, like, I'm oh, not. you're a dude? I'll give you the best contract out there. I, I got fucked when I signed up for my job by a woman. No, I know. I'm just surprised <laughs> that she would I'm surprised that she would just not investigate further. Yeah, with right. This guy. Well, remember, she's uh, also like whoring still and like so she's living like, on the streets. But that's a, no, and, Emily, that's a good point. It's just like if you hate men and you don't trust them, and one gives you a piece of paper saying, I'll give you money if you sign this, just read it. Well, yeah, I mean, but she's yeah. so used to like. I'll let you bang me for money, so... Right, well, the interesting thing that I always thought um, when I was reading this this book is that she describes herself as a lesbian, but she's the only people that were discussed in the book were her boyfriends. There was never That's ever... Weird. There was never a girlfriend. That's internalized homophobia. Chicks with dicks. Chicks <laughs> with dicks. <laughs> Chicks with dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I would have chimed in, but I got latency, so it would have sounded like I'm an offbeat Asian, but whatever. Be- <laughs> Best of both worlds. <laughs> so after she signed this contract, she turned. She was like, I need to like fix this. You know, everyone's like coming after me. So she turned to the person who knows the best about stealing people's artwork, Andy Warhol. Mm. Andy Warhol himself. Um, and he honestly tried to calm her down. She, he actually told his lawyer, poor Paul Morsey, to take a look at the contract. And Paul took one look and laughed and was like, Valerie, this has like no legal, you know, standing in court. Right. The you basically send this on the fucking napkin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. This guy doesn't own your works. But she didn't believe him. And this started a to, to started her to spiral out of control into complete paranoia. She turned around to Andy. She's like, where's my fucking script? Where's my up up your ass? Give me up your ass. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm, you'll never guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have lost it up my ass. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he lost it. So she accuses him of stealing her ideas in the Scum Manifesto and putting it into his own films, which he might have done. <laughs> yeah, that's not like the guy makes soup prints. You know? <laughs> yeah. Andy Warhol's trying to help her. Right. And, like, she has these boyfriends and, you know. Oh, wieners. So she's all paranoid as shit. She's got this $500. She goes out to California. She, she sees her sister. She starts writing letters to Andy and Maurice, the, you know, the publisher. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of starts to lose it. Uh, out there. And her sister's like, whoa, what's going on? What's going on here? Dude, chill, bro. We're Being in- paranoid sucks. I feel for her on that. Yeah, for sure. Wait, how paranoid are you right now? Pretty paranoid. You know you're never going to get a job from doing this podcast with us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's, here we are. Yeah, so, so she comes back to New York. She gets a boyfriend, this guy named Ben Moriah, who was the head leader of an anarchist group called the Up Against the Wall, motherfucker. So is that like a, th- a thing? Like to have your own group? Yeah, I think back then it was Form like... Form your own. What group are you in? Yeah. It's all faction-based. And it's like, oh, you founded one? That's so hot. This is the Roast Mortem group. <laughs> True, yeah. Dude, Ooh. that is pretty hot. 
Uh, this is my group. <laughs> this is my group, the Benjamins. We all agree that Benjamins is the best name. We all changed our name to Benjamins. Yeah, all right. This is my boy, Breaking. <laughs> and this is my other boy, Breaking. <laughs> so this Breaking Benjamin motherfucker, he would show up. He was anti-capitalist. He would show up to protests, violent protests, bring guns to his rallies and everything. Sounds cool. Yeah, he's kind of kind of rebel. Yeah. All right, cool. so now we're gonna get to the the date the the date for Valerie here, wah, June wah. June third, nineteen sixty eight. Valerie got up early. She went to uh, a friend of her mother's a, a friend a friend's mother's house that was keeping some of her valuables because she was living on the street at this point. Some of her valuables, and she's a crazy lady. So cats. It was a address book, oh. a uh, Kotex pad, a thirty-two Beretta automatic, and a twenty-two Colt revolver. Imagine! <laughs> wow! Imagine asking my mom to hold on to some guns for you. <laughs> a, gu- a guns and a and a pad. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I might have my periods when I got guns, you know. Oh, Put all my addresses are in here. Please. Keep What's it in safe. the box? What's in the box? Something's bleeding tonight. Uh, this is in case if I, I don't mortally wound him. I just want something to pad him up with. Oh, jeez. Uh, so she goes to a variety of different places this day. She tries to basically. She was going to like producers and stuff, trying to pitch her play. She was just like dropping her play off at like the actor's studio, right? Like all these different places. And she was and, going to Taco Bell. Can I just get a cup for water? <laughs> yeah. Oh, classic! Just, yo, yo, can I just get that cup? <laughs> it's just it's just water cup. Yeah. She shows up to this woman named Margot Faden, who had her eight. 18 month old daughter and Valerie pulled the gun on them and said like you're gonna write my play aren't you gonna produce my play aren't you gonna shoot that baby did she no Margot actually held her ground and was like you're wasting your time I'm not producing your play and shoot my baby you fucking won't and and, (laughs) I dare you (laughs) you won't you won't do it What, this? Like holding the baby in front of the muzzle. Yeah. Like a target. Shake your baby, baby in zigzags. <laughs> Shake it around try to shoot my baby. Huh? huh? You can't even keep your eye on it. So uh, she actually tells Margot that, like, yes, you will produce my play because I'll shoot Andy Warhol. That will make me famous, and that'll make the play famous, and you'll produce it. Well, that sounds like Margot should have called the police. She did. Oh, she called oh. every precinct. She called. <laughs> she called every precinct in the city. She called the mayor. She called the governor, but no one would believe her. They don't care about artists. New York City yeah. doesn't care about their fucking artists. Uh, who are they gonna shoot? <laughs> Andy Whirl. Who's Andy Whirl? <laughs> uh, who cares? But was she friends with Andy guy. Warhol? Yeah, she was. But she's gonna shoot her friend just to make herself famous. So she became so paranoid by the fact that he had stole her play. Oh yeah, and like all this shit, and that was kind of her motivation. Was like, you got my play. Come on, Valerie. It's like when you're at a bar and there's a drunk guy who tells you a brilliant idea to him. And it's yeah. not such a brilliant idea. You just nod your head. <laughs> and he's like all psyched to share it with you. And as soon as he's done like chewing your fucking ear off, he goes, don't you fucking steal my idea, dude. <laughs> That's exactly like, what it don't, don't you fucking that do it. That me. I was going to make a spatula with a skateboard wheel on it. So, like, <laughs> so when it's on the... Remember Tech Decks? 
Okay, remember Tech Dex? Yeah. Imagine that, but eggs on it. <laughs> wow. If you steal this fucking idea from me, I will merge you. <laughs> Damn. You understand? That's yes, yes, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so eventually she ends up at the factory and she actually puts on some makeup, which was something that Valerie usually didn't do. She just was like, I'm going to put on some makeup. This is a it's big a day. It's a special occasion. Yeah. I'm going to get my hair did. This is all going to be good. Cool. So she shows up there. She asked the receptionist seven times where Andy Warhol was. He was not in. And eventually Andy showed up to the factory at 4.15 with his boyfriend, Jed Johnson. <laughs> but uh, she, he invited Valerie up to the studios on the sixth floor of the factory. They all got in the elevator, had a little, nice little chat. And when the doors opened, there was the lawyer, Paul Morsey, and two dudes, one named Hugh and one named Amaya. Um, Amaya. Yeah, Morsey Mm. actually said, doesn't Valerie look good? And then jokingly said, you got to get out of here because we have business to do. If you don't, I'm going to beat the hell out of you and throw you out. Who said that? The the lawyer, Morsey. With the singer? Which is how coked up lawyers talk. Right, yeah. So, Morsi passed the phone off to Andy Warhol, who was talking to uh, Viva, who was one of Warhol's models. Um, at this point, no one was paying attention to Valerie, and she pulled out her uh, 32 Beretta from her trench coat, lined up a shot at Warhol, mm-hmm. who's like standing like 10 feet away, uh-huh. and then bang! I mean, Ooh. she missed a motionless abino person just standing there on the phone. I mean... <sighs> There's a lot of jokes to be made there. Mm. Tons. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. So no one in the room actually noticed that she had fired a handgun. They thought that it might have been an explosion <laughs> downstairs. It's her ovaries. Yeah. <laughs> her ovaries are exploding. <laughs> Such charisma. Yeah. Some people thought it was a firecracker. The only person. <laughs> I love Fourth of July. Yeah. The only person who noticed was Andy Warhol. He turned around and was like, oh, no, Valerie, don't, no. She fired a second shot. Missed. <laughs> oh, two. Oh, Stop it. Come on. Close the windows. Yeah. And then, and then Andy uh, took cover under his desk. So Valerie walked up, uh, stood point blank, carrying a, uh, standing over, carrying Andy Warhol, and fired. The bullet went through his lungs and abdomen. Uh, it was one bullet, but it caused massive damage puncturing his spleen, liver, lungs, stomach, and esophagus. One oh shot. That's to make One up shot. for the two I missed. Is that something that like enters and like rattles around several times? Or is I think it was just the way he was standing or like leaning over. So it went like... Yeah, it went through him. Exit wound style. Doesn't sound yeah. like a good time. Yeah. No. So uh, Andy <laughs> laid there dying. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good time because everyone thought Andy was dead. Then Valerie turned around and shot this Amaya guy, shot him through the hip, and he was able to escape. It was a non-lethal wound. He was the first parkour artist. (laughs) So he was out of there. Yeah, he was gone. He just parkoured out the window. (gasps) Goodbye! (laughs) Then she walked over to this you guy who was on the ground uh, with nowhere to hide. She pointed the gun at him and said, I have to shoot you. You begged for his life while uh, Valerie pushed the button for the elevator. She then held the gun to use forehead, pulled the trigger, and the gun jammed. So she went went for her backup cult, 
And then the elevator had come, and she decided to just make her escape. Wow. That's lame. After leaving the factory, Valerie headed to Times Square around 8 o'clock. <laughs> she went for that Olive Garden, went for that. Oh, uh, I got yeah, that special, like, got her picture amazing. taken with Elsmo. Yeah. yeah, no one will ever know who I am here. She should have <laughs> wore like a ski mask or something like that. Or no, she, she was like, give me them breadsticks. <laughs> May you I wear please? a ski mask when you want to send a message, Mike. Yeah, true. No, she actually walked up to the first cop and said, uh, the police are looking for me. They want me. He had too much control over li- my life. And she handed the Beretta and Colt over to the cop and turned herself in. Now, upon booking, Valerie was ecstatic. She was smiling for all the photographers uh, that were swarming the station because she wanted to be famous. Yeah, and finally. She, she had her 15 minutes of fame as Andy, Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol, yeah, he coined that phrase. Uh, you ever hear that shit? We're all getting it now. Thanks, Twitter. Thanks, Tweeties. So, meanwhile, Andy's rushed off to a hospital. He was declared dead for a little bit. And his doctors fixed him. His heart started again, but he was fucked up. Okay. He was fucked up. Oh, he shit. came to for a while. But he's just like, I'm a zombie artist now. Yeah. Respect. It's like, oh, man, this guy looks dead. He must be dead. He always looks dead. Yeah. I he's, mean, he well, he's not Rob Zombie. Like, Rob Zombie's actually dead. That- <laughs> and, like, that's why his music's so sick. Yeah. So Valerie was being held for her hearing in New York in a New York City jail, and uh, she was asked if she regretted shooting Andy Warhol. She said, "I considered the shooting a moral act, and I consider it immoral that I missed. I should have gone to target practice." Damn straight, get it done. Yeah. <laughs> get it done, Warren. The sleazebag Maurice, the publisher, sold out copies of Scum. Now it was hitting the shelves. She was selling thousands of copies. Valerie was in the headline news. She got all the attention she wanted. Mm-hmm. All this buzz caught the attention of the NOW, the National Organization of Women. Not the NOW, that's what I call music association. <laughs> Beat me to it, motherfucker. <laughs> You're further away. You got lag time. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> You're an all-star. Yeah, true, true. So this group, this group was actually doing things good for women. They were fighting against abortion, you know, like the abortion rights, reproductive reproductive rights. They were standing up for women and justice in America. Great organization now, actually doing shit. Not like Uh, Valerie, just uh complaining. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Valerie's arrest caught the eye of a certain high-ranking radical feminist known as. Ty Grace Atkin, Atkinson. Um, that sounds like a Southern Democrat name. Yeah, kind hmm. of. Uh, this Ty Grace, she actually, without reading the Scum Manifesto, simply by reading the press coverage and seeing Valerie's remarks, just saying he had too much control over my life, Ty Grace aligned herself with Valerie and came to her defense. Now, this is the type of reactionary bullshit, the clickbait research. That we get nowadays. Oh, yes. Like, she didn't know fucking dick about Valerie. She was like, oh, he had too much control over my life? Oh, no. Oh, no. And it's all because she didn't have a second copy of Up Yours. Yeah. So you just make another copy. Another (laughs) fucking copy, you dumb-dumb. It's easy. Yeah, have your... Well, it wasn't easy, but have your own before you hand it off to someone else. If your job is panhandling... 
It's easy. Yeah, you got a lot of time to write a second copy. She's out in Greenwich Village just smoking cigarettes and eating free pancakes and looking at people's parrots. Like, she's got time. So, simply by reading the news reports, Ty Grace thought that by shooting Andy Warhol, Valerie was standing up to the patriarchy and fantasizing uh, Valerie as a symbol, sim- symbol of women's rage. She began a free Valerie campaign. And Ty Grace actually brought in a civil rights defense lawyer named Flo Kennedy. Flo Kennedy had worked with the Black Panthers and had worked in murder cases before. She also did not read the Scum Manifesto and jumped on board blindly to defend this woman. I hope that if I do anything questionable in my life that no one who is... (laughs) might defend me would read anything I've ever produced. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Please, no. Just... Especially someone named Flo. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the pro- progressive chick? Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, it's your period. Heavy. Wow. Her first name was Heavy, last name was Flo. I don't got it. I can't relate. If someone's like, and yep. Flo came to town. It, it's that time of month. I'm like, you're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking say it. Yeah. So to prove that Ty Grace and Flo didn't care about Valerie and just cared about the feminist narrative, they actually mispronounced and misspelled Valerie's last name for yes. many weeks. <laughs> Instead yeah. of saying Solanus, they said Solanus. <laughs> With an, with an eye. You want to know why we do this? Because we care. Because <laughs> we care about the details. Yeah. So uh, Ty Grace had set up group meetings with other feminists to meet Valerie on her visitation times. One notable feminist, uh, Roxanne Dunbar Ortez, said, I can guarantee that she is a nonviolent person, nor is she anti male. She is angry and anti-man. She shot someone. I felt like I, <laughs> yeah, I felt like Thank I was you. in the, the present. I felt like I was in the presence of a very special person. She's a psychopath, uh, right? <laughs> she's not against men. She's against male success. Yeah, I also hate. Not violent though. Why? <laughs> <laughs> There's potential. Why can't we all just be successful? Yeah. You know, oh all this, there you go, Mike. What's on my own fucking organization? Pinch his cheek for me. <laughs> <laughs> Another woman named Maureen Davidka, who was 19 at the time, vowed to develop a virus that would kill all men. Well, oh, she no. sounds like a retard. Yeah. <laughs> later, later, when the AIDS epidemic broke out, a lot of feminists thought that she had produced the AIDS epidemic. Well, that oh, sounds like a lot shit. of retards. <laughs> <laughs> we, d- we, we don't know that she didn't create the man flu virus. Why would you want to attack the gay men? They're the only men out there that are not creating more men. I know, they're not <laughs> macho boys. They're partying with yeah. the ladies. They're having a good time. They're not... Not to say they can't be part of the patriarchy. Yeah, but gay men are, like, brutally honest sometimes, and it really hurts our feelings. <laughs> wow. Straight men know <laughs> how to white lie. Yeah. That's what I said oh, before. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you know, we have to work together by lying to each other. My yeah. favorite <laughs> comment that ever was swung my way was, stop pretending you're cold. It's not cute. And I was like, I'm not pretending. Ooh. <laughs> I'm very cold right now. <laughs> okay, I said that to my sister. 
<laughs> Get ready for a hate crime. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh. but it was it was at that moment I like put my posture back or whatever you your do. posture. <laughs> you have you... been drinking, just <laughs> like Travis. Whatever yeah. you do with your posture, I like self-treat and I wasn't cold anymore. And I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> Magic <my> works. <laughs> I wish the audience could hear my wrists flailing <laughs> with truths. <laughs> I, I can hear it from here. All the way in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now is when all these groups pop up, like Witch and Clit. We talked about them before. Yeah, Witch and Clit. Witch and Clit. And witch Clit. <laughs> witch Clit. <laughs> Which is basically like a like a like a flesh peanut <laughs> made with a barb at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Burn through the witches and slam through the witches. Am I Dracula? I've got a house made of candy. Come live in it, two Dutch people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I call feminism. <laughs> if a witch's broom just had a dildo installed. <laughs> I think there was some truth to that. Yeah. That's said. the genesis of the witch's broom. Oh, yeah. my God. And it was wood. It was a medicinal, oh God, a <laughs> Which as, applicator. As a man, I could say is probably more reliable than a man. Yeah. What does it go soft? There uh, we go. And hardwood. Yeah. So what did Valerie think? Yeah. What did Valerie think of all this feminist fame? Well, she never identified as a feminist. Would you call it feminist? Feminist. Yeah. Oh. oh Damn, Cody, I'm taking your job tonight. <laughs> you can have it. So sure, you know, she had a lot of anti male ideology, but basically shooting Andy Warhol was a PR stunt. Okay, but I have that. A lot of anti-male ideology. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. you can not shoot a man. Yeah, I oh, know yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but she didn't. I she didn't identify as a feminist. In fact, uh, Valerie said, "I am not being discriminated against because of my sex. That is a contrived issue designed to give some unimaginative leeches something to rap about." But not identifying with the word is the problem. That's like why a lot of people are like. I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Like, I want women to have rights, but I can't, I can't say it. Yeah, the word feminist is very complicated nowadays. Yeah, that's half the problem. And if she were to not ever be called a feminist, that probably would have been better. (laughs) I would agree, yeah. (laughs) But like, the fact that that's what she's labeled as constantly, she's probably resistant, and I get it. Yeah. So she actually became more and more abusive to feminists, and eventually Ty Grace would uh, would make excuses for her, saying, oh, Valerie has changed when she's been to prison. She used to not be like this. And when I read that, I was like, wait, this woman never met her before prison. That's yeah, very true. That's you very know true. what I mean? Like, and I'm also- sure she did change in prison. Like, that does change you. But, like... Well, look, how could you say that? If you're a feminist and you're getting thrown in, in prison and it's all women's prison, you realize that the people in there also suck just as much as the men. Right. It's the same shit. You're not getting better. You're just getting a different perspective on it. So you either go psycho fucking crazy route where it's like, fuck men and this is where I'm supposed to be. Or it's like, be realistic and uh, the dregs of society are the dregs of society. Yeah. So uh, Valerie was eventually evaluated by psychiatrists. Uh, interesting enough, a f- female psychiatrist, which is where Valerie would have been if she applied herself. Wow. Imagine mm. that. Yeah. 
she was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, and she was actually given an IQ test and scored 131, placing hey, her in the pants. in the 98th percentile. And you yeah, wouldn't guess that for the way she talks about things. You know, she's like, hey, the, the men's ain't all that good around here. The one thing I don't like about things is men. <laughs> <laughs> so she was sent off to Matawan, which is a notorious psych ward in Beacon, New York, now closed. Um, and her mental health deteriorated. Andy Warhol never pressed charges, probably because he didn't want any negative press and Valerie didn't have anything to give him. But he also was able to, um, he was able to monetize this. Oh, yeah. It worked all out. Yeah, Yeah, it it worked worked out for him better than he thought, other than his early death. Yeah. But, like, he, I think he kind of, like, spun it immediately and was like, I'm not going to make a stink of this. I'm going to make art. Art. So, Valerie was released after five years. Uh, She would escape from the psych ward a few times. Uh, or and, and a couple times she was released and then threatened Warhol or Maurice and was sent back a few times. That's smart because all she had to do was not do those things. Yeah, and then yeah. she would have been free. She would have been fine. Real smart, you know. One hundred and thirty IQ. In <laughs> in nineteen seventy four, she was released and instantly went back to the streets. She found a boyfriend uh, and got a wealth some welfare housing in New York. The apartment was apparently a shithole, and roaches used to climb out of the drain. What would Valerie do? Ooh. She'd squat over the sink and pee on them. But I thought she hated men. She always had boyfriends, Mike. She always had boyfriends. She, l- she never put so her money where her mouth was. Yeah. Always loved to pee her on Her south mouth cock. was. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ew, come on, you. When she come on, you. <laughs> when she wasn't peeing on cocks, she was blowing her landlord for rent money. Uh, I mean, that would be nice. Eventually, <laughs> I can't even get away with that now. Eventually, she uh, found a little bit of success in the late 70s when Olympic Press Maurice went bankrupt and she claimed the rights to the Scum Manifesto. She tried to print it and distribute it herself, but the sales were terrible. But that why. made her get rediscovered by a feminist newspaper and they brought her on as an editor consultant. And she was a. Was comp- the newspaper called The Rag? <laughs> I see what you've done. She was a complete asshole to her coworkers, even because she thought she was like hot shit, which led to her to to quit her job to write an autobiography. You don't quit your job when you do that. Yeah, she's like, I don't need you guys. I agree. I'm write That's a work in progress. So she's out of the psych ward. She's running around New York City again. She gets scum manifesto. She doesn't know what to do with it because she doesn't know how to distribute. She gets a job. She gets. She leaves a job. She's writing an autobiography now. Mm-hmm. Where does that bring her? Is she like dying? Uh, she's just fucking nuts. She thought that in the psych ward, uh, her uterus was removed and a tracking device was put into her uterus. She thought that, which was removed. Which was removed. Wait, she thought that or that happened? No. <laughs> No one did that. Yeah, no one then. put a tracking <laughs> device in there. No one could do that. Even, yeah. if, even if I was just wondering. Yeah, even if um, yeah, it's just not possible for for 1970s at this point technology yeah. to put a tracking device on your uterus. All right, but my overly list overly list dog. 
yeah. a tracking device in her is listening. This is 40 years later. So rude. We have cell phones back then. She they, can hear you. They had landlines. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, there's one huge like telephone cord dangling out of Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> In uh, 1981, she disappeared from New York City. A lot of people had seen her drifting around the streets mm. as a street urchin. Apparently before, actually, sorry, before she left New York, she stopped talking because of this uterus device. She would just mumble. Oh. Because she didn't want okay. anyone to hear her. That's smart. Yeah. Like Joe Pesci in Casino. Yeah, put you know, put your hand over your mouth when you talk to me. They're surveilling us. What do you fucking mean? Take care, take care of the Jew, okay? <laughs> take care of the fucking Jew. So, nineteen eighty-one, she left, and eventually, uh, eventually, she traveled around the U.S. She ended up in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and the only reason why we know that is because there was a cop called uh, Bud Velasco, Bud Velasco, Velasconello. Something in Spanish? Why are you we not had, even close? Why I am I not care. even looking at the Whatever. word? I know Some this. cop we found a red, a Jed, a Bud. All right. So Bud, so Bud, apparently the people of Phoenix had been complaining about this woman who was dressed in a nightgown, cawing like a crow in the middle of the street with <laughs> scabs all over her body. It smells stinky, bro. Oh. And this Bud guy was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> who is this fucking who is this lady get on it bud so he found out that she wasn't diseased because she had a fork on her that she was digging uh, her skin off mm. and eventually he had cornered her in a park in the middle of the night and pinned her down and was like who the hell are you I'm gonna arrest you you're you're violating you I know. bet that made her feel yeah safe welcome and she was like, I'm Valerie Solana, you son of a bitch. And said she said that? Yeah. She called him that? She, she used dirty language? Son of a bitch! She said that? Oh my god. So anyway, she was a crazy lady calling like a chicken. Disappeared from Phoenix again. Ended up in the Bristol Hotel in San Francisco's Tenderloin District. Nowadays, mm. it's probably a whole bunch of tests. Tech pros scooting around on electric scooters. Yeah. But back then it was a seedy, drug filled, shitty place. <laughs> oh. Oh. Wow. Shitty place. Okay. Jeez, man. <laughs> you just you got mad. I'm supposed to get <laughs> mad at this time period, not you. <laughs> so Valerie went back to whoring. She had, was living in a small hotel room. Uh, she had been missing for over a decade, and her family members... Remember, she was uh, living on the streets when she could have returned to a family that would have welcomed her back. Yeah. Uh, well, so, Daddy was there still. Well, Dad had died by then, but the mother and the sister both cared about her. It wasn't like this was a person that had nowhere to go. Right. Well, she's schizophrenic. She's, like, digging into her arm of forks and stuff like Well, that. now she is, but... but... she's also gay. Ish. Don't Gay. Gay. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> so she's, um, let's say that she's weary. Yeah. She doesn't want to exactly go back because it might stifle her sexuality. Yeah, she wants sliz. She can get you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> straightforward. She wants that sliz. Yeah. yeah. I, I. She might want something else, like forks in her skin yeah. yeah this woman is deranged this is this is pure sadness and no it is it, so valerie had never done drugs before but now she was a full-on meth head what <laughs> i'll keep you up yeah 
she was making her way through life by collecting social security checks and using her holes for money. Um, she actually sent a letter to the editor of High Times during this period in the 80s hey. uh, because someone had mentioned her in an article. So Andy Warhol had died in 1987, and after his death, Ultraviolet, who was another one of his models, uh, tracked down Valerie, and uh, Ultraviolet was the last person to talk to her over the phone. Uh, Valerie had apparently given up on the scum manifesto and just wanted to be left alone. Now, ask me a thing. How did Valerie come to ultimately not be doing so hot? So on April 25th, 1988, a couple days after I was born. Cool. Oh my God, when's your birthday? April 19th. Docs! 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 My social social is 420-420-69 at me. Uh, Happy birthday. I didn't know we had such a prominent Aries season. Uh, so and many I Aries. hate you. And she's an Aries. That was going to be my first comment about this, but she's a fucking Aries. Yeah? And it makes sense. Aries. Ramming it. Isn't that a ram or is that a goat? I think I think the Aries is a clam. Sagittarius is goat. That's me. Uh, I'm mm. a clam. I thought I was a bull. It might be a... You're a Libra, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we like you. All right, Sweet. well, let's so, move along. Yeah, so, this, is, okay. this is a scientific podcast. We don't Ooh. talk about Hulk Hulk. <laughs> well, it, we, we're discussing a feminist today, and I thought that would fall under her It does. Interests. So Valerie had not been seen for a week, and her rent was overdue. So the superintendent of the building opened her door using the master key to find Valerie kneeling over the side of her bed, her torso laying on top of the bed, Ugh. covered in maggots. Valerie Ooh. had died a week prior and had been decomposing in her room. The cause of death was the flu. Hmm. What? Really? The man flu. Caused by emphysema. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. Get it's a horrible way shot. to die. Yeah, yeah, bad right. way to die. All right, so we she, got this person. She bummed too many cigarettes. Yeah, she bummed too many cigarettes. Yeah, so we're looking at this person who had a really distressed life and then uh, dealt with some crazy paranoia shit and definitely was an asshole at the midpoint of her life, but uh, just fucking lost it. Yeah, she did. This is not a funny episode. It's official. Nothing funny here. God damn it, there was some nope. funny things. Nothing funny here. This is educational. We talk about the bird and the bees. We talk about... Oh, 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 oh Travis. So oh, we learned a lot. Very valuable episode. Guess what? We learned some things. We did learn things. Valerie, I feel so ashamed. Valerie. What does everyone think about her? I kind of want to Besides you, Tom, you're like, now. it's sad. It's sad. What, is it not sad? Tell me it's fucking not sad. It's not. Tell sad. Me it's She's not, sad. not sad, far no. from my own ideologies, other than the killing, other than the actual murder. Fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. That's fine. I mean, we have the same mother, so I know where you're coming from. Hey, hey don't don't expose me like that. People will find out Docs on their again. own. Docs again. Dois doxos. Dois doxos. Docs. Mike, what do you think? Uh, I kind of want to start my own kind of like cult now because of her. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Can I be in it? Yeah, sure. Everyone can join. What is it called, Mike? <laughs> What's that stand for? That's cool. Yeah. Men in khaki. Everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, I'll Good join that, shopping. dude. That's yeah. like Jackie Chan yeah. shit. That's cool Good as hell. Shopping. <laughs> Cody, what does the islands of Hawaii think of this woman? Uh, very hypocritical, loud, and didn't accomplish much. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> shot, shot one Albanist man. <laughs> one man her, her shooting Albany. average is pretty poor almost as if she was like in the WNBA or something <laughs> <laughs> alright so Travis any final thoughts on this I just want to watch Spider-Man 2 when I get home <laughs> wow. oh with Toby that, yeah, does, that does Toby that does take place in New York City. It does. Yeah. And actually, that was what I, I watched that. All my research came from that movie. Do you like the third one, Travis? Oh, the third one is my favorite. It's the best one. Yep. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, let's wrap up the episode then. Yeah! Thank you, our listeners, for doing this with us tonight. Uh-huh. And remember, be careful what you wish for. God damn it, Tom! Could you just might get it all. You promised me it would end. I'm not good on promises. All right, anyway, uh, you can find us all collectively, Roast Mortem Cast, at the old Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, we have a Gmail, gmail.com. Facebook. Roast Mortem ca- Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, no, Roast Mortem Cast. No, no pod. No. We don't use pods. Oh, yeah, here. I forgot. And then we got uh, we got Roast Mortem Cast. You could do a uh, patreon.com slash Roast Mortem Cast. Give us your money, and we'll tell you the end of Spider-Man 2. Oh, no one's yeah. ever heard of it before. Yeah. So you can find me personally at Saunched on Twitter, S-A-U-N-T-C-H-T. You can follow me at Travis Legion with two E's on Instagram, Twitter, or or you could just send that in the mail. That no address. <laughs> Cody, what do you got? I am I am Cody McCann on the Twitters at Cody McCann, C O D Y M Double C A Double N. And I'm Mike. You can follow me at Mike Regan with two N's. Please follow my Twitter at CrustyLulz420 at C-U... No, it's not C-U. C-R-U-S-T-I-L-U-L-S-420. Thanks. Well, there you go. Thank you, Shane, everyone. I'm going home. I'm going Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane. Shane. Thank you, Shane. I'm going home. I want yeah, ooh, that's puke. Oh! <laughs> Is that what? Ah! It's a very musical puke, Travis. Ah! No, I got like a little bubble. <laughs> Travis hates petty theft. It's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. going to say. Kleptomaniacs. I... Body wants tomato. <laughs> that's the best, dude. That's like, oh, my, my. that's like, I lost my virginity to Smash Mouth. No, you didn't. Wow. Did no, you really? But I wish I did. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, smashing mouth. Uh, whoa! <laughs> oh, jeez! Whole new, whole new meaning to that. Oh, okay. Um, smashing south mouth. That means south mouth. South, the south mouth. Jesus Christ! The brown, brown mouth. We're supposed to be having the dirty jokes on that. Yeah. That south, south, I like that here. south mouth. I'm gonna use that. That is awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, that's really <laughs> Jesus Hashtag Christ. Hashtag South Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> jeez. So.